0: Hi, this is Todd Glass, and you're listening to P.F. Tape Recorder. Huh? That's a good thing. Put a little music under that, I think you can do a lot with it.
1: Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Chris Porter likes current events humor as much as the next guy. But...
0: It's not about that. You know, this isn't a rally,
1: it's a comedy show.
0: And I just hate it when people get preachy in a
1: comedy club. We'll hear more from Chris in just a little bit. Also, people who think they can sing but can't is hilarious. I'm going to subject myself to that very theory coming up. But first, as always, fake news. fake news me. This past Wednesday, Facebook spelled out shareholder risks in its proposed initial public offering. Among potential threats to owning Facebook stock, the company named competition from Google for users and ad dollars, the need to attract mobile ads, and the possibility of privacy breaches of members' information. Starting in May, FB is the symbol we will be seeing on the stock ticker, except for the Winklevoss brothers, who will see a giant FU. Donald Trump is endorsing Mitt Romney for president, ending a wild ride of speculation about the real estate mogul's intentions. The endorsement came just two days ahead of the Nevada caucuses, and despite the fact that Romney doesn't seem to care about Trump. I'm not concerned about the very rich. They're doing just fine. Famed groundhog prognosticator Punxsutawney Phil has weighed in with his yearly forecast from central Pennsylvania. Six more weeks of winter. The pronouncement brought groans from thousands of people gathered for the annual event at Cobbler's Knob, but their spirits picked up quickly when they remembered it was all hokum. Last Friday, First Lady Michelle Obama appeared on The Tonight Show, starring Jay Leno, and talked about, among other things, her husband's singing voice. The president gained a little attention in January when he showed to the world his inclination towards music during a fundraiser at the Apollo Theater in New York, where he sang Al Green's Let's Stay Together. Rush Limbaugh immediately criticized the president's performance at the Apollo, saying, Don't quit your day job, Mr. President. No, no, wait, wait. A Flint, Michigan-area student who's gained national attention for his Locks of Love campaign, which donates hair to cancer victims, remained suspended from school Wednesday night. J.T. Gaskins was suspended last month after school officials said his long hair violated the student handbook. Board President Nick Mahiloff said although locks of love is a worthy cause, the school stands by its student handbook everyone signed over the summer. JT says that while he serves his suspension, he plans to engage in other charitable activities, including a plan to help a childless couple. While I have all that free time and the Internet, he shrugged. You. The New York Post received an email in which model Giselle asked for friends to support and pray for her husband, Tom Brady, on Super Bowl Sunday. In the email, the supermodel said, I kindly ask all of you to join me on this positive chain and pray for him so he can feel confident, healthy, and strong. Envision him happy and fulfilled experiencing with his team, a victory this Sunday. Said Tim Tebow's girlfriend, Yeah, we're starting to think it doesn't really work that way. Jamie Lynn Spears doesn't turn 21 until April, but she wants the world to get ready to know her as an adult. The last time anyone heard anything of me, I was 16 and pregnant, she tells Glamour Magazine. She added, you know, it's a shame I couldn't have just gotten onto that show. And that's been Fake News with me. Well, I wasn't sure how to approach this next bit, it uh, involves something I've been hinting at doing for uh, some time now. As many of you may know, I do this podcast and a fantasy football podcast, and uh, the fantasy football podcast came first. And when I was planning that show, I figured I was going to need some theme music. But I was afraid to use copyrighted material, so I figured, well, I was in a band once, I'll just use some of that stuff, and then you know, that'll keep me in the clear. So I did, and the theme from the No Huddle Fantasy Football Podcast and the P.S. Tape Recorder Comedy Podcast and all of the bumper music you hear uh, for the most part between the different bits are by my band the same. Now the same consisted of me and my friend John Veropoulos, uh, otherwise known as Johnny V. And the tracks you hear on the podcasts were produced by a gentleman named Doug O'Connor, a very talented sound engineer from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and a high school chum of John's. Uh, Now, this being a comedy podcast, I'm always looking for ideas for bits, and apparently, people who think they can sing but can't is hilarious, as any viewer of American Idol will certainly tell you.
0: But losing everything is like the sun going down on me. Sorry, no, sorry, Uh, (laughs) Roland. I I even think you would do badly in Kosovo Idol. I mean, that was absolutely horrific.
1: So you can see where this is headed, right? Yes, I'm going to let you hear the vocal for the songs you've been hearing at the beginning and the end of the two podcasts, as well as uh, all the bits in between. So let's start with the first song John and I ever wrote together, which some of you may recognize as the theme for the No Huddle Fantasy Football Podcast. The tune is called Fantasy World, and I will bring it up right before the vocal. It's got a nice groove, doesn't it? Okay, vocal coming up. You really think you met me? You think you tore my own world-
0: the hell was that one of the worst i've ever heard
1: so that would be a no it was almost non-human well that's a little harsh simon but kids if you're not real confident in your voice do what my producer did and soak it in lots and lots of processing okay well i'm going to sing another one here and uh, this time it's the theme to ps tape recorder uh, the song is actually called helena <laughs> to say in my defense, uh, if I may, that I still really like the songs. I mean, I co-wrote them, and I'm very proud of them. If you say those songs suck, I'd be mad at you. But the vocals, okay, sure. Um, Oh, and at the end of the podcast, you may hear me say um, that the music is performed by Johnny V and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. This is what I mean by that. When we recorded these demos, I desperately wanted to be listed as vocals and additional keyboards. I thought that would be cool. So John and Doug let me play that whistling bit into the sequencer, and then anguished for hours over whether or not one of them would have to re-record it, even though the computer was supposed to fix me not being in time. But uh, I think they finally relented and let it in because uh, they felt badly that they were going to take out my only keyboard part. So anyway, um, I'm afraid my vocals, too, unfortunately take away from the fact that those guys are actually very talented. Again, uh, Doug, a very competent musician, excellent sound engineer, John, a very talented musician and songwriter. And uh, I think I'm an okay songwriter, but, I'm you know, okay, the vocals, as, we, as we've uh, ascertained, uh, are a bit lacking. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? What do you think, Stephen?
0: I need to hear something
1: else. I'd say hell yeah. I'd say yeah, too.
0: Quiet!
1: Aw, shucks, guys. Helen is an easy one to sing. Uh, Here, let me sing you one uh, called Pack of Lies. and You might recognize this as uh, bumper music for the tape recorder. Here it is. That was John's riff right there, kind of a Vince Clark kind of thing. That's, that's very cool. Tell me that doesn't groove. I mean, this grooves, right? I mean, musically, this is OK. Ouch. No amount of processing, right? Seen my point of view. It just may be that you and me never got a proper start The only thing I know for sure is that you're we about each other
0: once no... Last year, I described someone as being the worst singer in America. I think you're possibly the worst singer in the world based on that performance, and I'm absolutely serious. I've never, ever heard anything like that in my life, ever. That was horrific, man. Oh, my God. No, but you've got to hear yourself to believe it. There is nobody on this planet who sings like you.
1: Okay, and I get that, you know, but I always considered myself more of a a songwriter anyway, and I always enjoyed the songwriting aspect more. I mean, I did enjoy singing, uh, but I knew I wasn't very good at it. So, um, I don't know, I just thought you know, get a kick out of that. And um, any final thoughts, guys? No, you can't think that that sounded good, did
0: you? The reality is there's not a single person on planet Earth who would ever
1: pay to hear you sing.
0: It's a no. It's a no, man. We, 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 yeah,
1: we, we can't. Okay, okay, Randy, I get it, I get it. But we all had a good laugh, right? I mean, that's what it's all about, PF's Tape Recorder Comedy Podcast. In fact, uh, let's end this bit with some top spin, as they say in the comedy writing business. Uh, we're going to play out another little tune uh, called Believe as we head into our interview with Chris Porter. Dig it. Kansas City, Missouri. Some of you may recall him from season four, I believe it was, of Last Comic Standing. He currently resides in Los Angeles, headlines around the country. And here's our interview with Chris Porter. Hey, joining us on PF's tape recorder, it's Chris Porter. Chris, how you doing?
0: Doing well, buddy. How are you, man?
1: Good, good. I, I spoke to you years ago. I think it was probably back in, like, uh, 2008. Uh, I forget for which city it was, but uh, it was right off of uh, Last Comic Standing, which folks uh, may remember you from. Um, what, what's been going on lately with you?
0: Well, I'm just more of the same. I've just been traveling the road, trying to work out my, new, my next special, which hopefully will happen soon, and then, you know, just trying to... I got some, you know, I'm writing a, i am writing I wrote a pilot that we shopping around, but oh, yeah, cool. just trying to, uh, just trying to
1: keep the train rolling, you know what I'm saying? There you go. Now, you're from Kansas City originally, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, I don't recall the story, um, were you, like, funny as a kid and always thought you wanted to be a comedian, or was it a case where your friends were like, oh, you're really funny, you ought to go try this, or was you find some other way into comedy?
0: You know, man, uh, growing up in a you know, I grew up outside Kansas City, actually. So, like, we grew up in the rural suburbs. So, you know, becoming a stand-up comic was like, you know, becoming an astronaut or a NASCAR driver. Like, you don't, we, you, you didn't even think of where to start. Like, where, how would, how would do these people even start? Like, I, it didn't even enter my brain to try it. You know, I, I, I loved it, and I, you know, I grew up watching. I've always loved funny movies. Uh and yeah, my dad was real funny, so and I always tried to make him laugh. Oh okay. Still still do. And huh. uh, you know Yeah, you know, my family is just so you know, my mom's side's real funny too. So the humor's always been a big part of our family and you know, of course I grew up in that. So and then my buddy, one of my best friends in high school, called he watched a movie and he was one of those dudes that he like he would watch a movie and immediately wanted to become that. Like, he saw swingers and he was immediately wearing blazers and tight shirts and swing dancing and stuff. And yeah. then he saw a stand up comedy movie and decided he wanted to be a stand up comic. And he had the balls to pick up, you know, what it then was the yellow pages. And you know, he, Google wasn't around yet, and he, 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 Yellow Page stand-up comedy club, and there was one in Kansas City, Stanford and Sons. And yes. He he actually called the lady, and she picked up the phone, and he goes, "I want to be a stand-up comic. How do I do it?" Those were his exact words. Wow. And uh, and the lady was like, "Well, we have an open mic night, and come down and." him how it worked. so he calls me and tells me I should do it. i was like, well, I'll come watch you do it. And sat front row center, watch this open mic night. And, uh, you know, I said they're going to a lot funnier than half these people. And, uh, you know, I didn't think I was funnier than all of them, but half of them, definitely. I was like, well, it's definitely worth giving a shot, you know. And I saw my buddy do it so for the first time it looked attainable and for like a month i vacillated about it and finally got up the balls to do it i was 19 so okay i don't i don't know if it was balls or stupidity but i huh. did it I, I had never felt a feeling like that ever the, the first time i was on stage it was just such a and i was terrible but all you know you know how those over are that like they show up and they like bring half the room so they just crush and it's the lamest material ever. Like, that's what happened to me over my first over my night. Like, I won the contest simply because I brought the audience. I brought yeah. like 40 people.
1: I think I lost that and, way last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so, but, you know, those people immediately start going away, you know, so. So, did you yeah, have... I guess it was such a rush and then I just never stopped.
1: Were you um, kind of your, just yourself up there being funny? Did you prepare a lot of material that was... Kind of in your wheelhouse, or how it had that first night go?
0: It was frightening. It was just frightening. It was the only way I can explain it. Like I, I think I took a dump like five times. <laughs> like it was just awful. And uh, and then I got up there, and, like right before I went up there, I I forgot all. I forgot everything I was going to say. Oh uh, yeah. And you know it was you know the first time you ever do it, like you remember every word. Yeah, yeah, and like. <laughs> And so you go up there, and, you, you know, I just just ran through it, and it went by so fast. And yep. I like, got done with it, and it was just like, oh, wow, that was awesome.
1: Yep. I paced my first one out to five minutes, and then I got up there, and it took me two minutes and 20 seconds to do the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, the one thing that I've always recommended to comedy clubs is... is yeah, because what we did, we had three minutes, and which is great because it teaches you how to form to write a bit. Like yeah. a bit is three minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. And five minutes is terrible because then you got one and a half bits, and so that's why everyone goes over. And So we always gave them three minutes, and then once you got your legs under you, then you got five.
1: Okay. And yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah.
0: Th- that's how it should go because then, you know, you're teaching someone how to write jokes. It's hard to teach someone how to write a bit and a half, you know.
1: Yeah. So, so whatever. Unless,
0: happened? you know, unless, of course, you're like, you know, a one-liner comic, you know, which there are a lot of good ones out there, but, you know. Oh, like, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a, a great skill. What happened from there? Like, you finally got to MC and, and host and, and such?
0: Yeah, I just did the progression, man, and it's, you know, of course, I thought I should have done it wrong before I did it, but uh, I find, you know, after six and a half months or so, I got to MC a show, you know, after a couple of years of, you know, I became a house MC at one point, like I was doing, you know, every other week it seemed, and which um, was fun. It really got me to, it really got my chops down, like it. I still love to host shows, like every once in a while. Like the, like I don't want to travel and host, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like to host shows. Like that's a fun. That's a, it's definitely a skill, and uh, and I really enjoyed doing that. But then you know, like anybody, you want to succeed, so you know, I started featuring on the road a lot quicker than I started featuring at Stanford and Sons, and, and okay. that's just the way it is. Like sure you know you never get the love at home that you get from until you become famous or yeah. have a moment of popularity. So then you know I started featuring on the road and you know I was lucky enough to like meet Gary Mankey who was a road who was a road booker and he's got a weird reputation but uh yeah, yeah he just started booking me and I I just kind of lucked out and he booked me for a couple of years until He became a liability, and then I just, you know, I left him, and, you know, in good good terms, and, like, I still love him. He's a great guy, and then I booked myself for a couple of years. I booked myself about a year after that, and then at that time, I moved to L.A., and that's when I, you know, signed with management, and then then they advised me to try out the last comic. I didn't even want to do it. Oh yeah! They talked me into it. I had to drive to Arizona to do that because I missed the LA auditions because uh, I was working. But it worked out pretty well. And, yeah, no, they were right. Like that was that was one of the few good ideas that management company had for me. <laughs> but uh, but no, they definitely you know you got to give credit where credit's too. They got my career started. So yeah, like the real career. So now but, I'm just trying to get the, now I'm just trying to do the next things.
1: So what are you talking about on stage these days?
0: You know, I try to make it about society. Like, I just think people are rude. Just trying to talk about that for the most part. Sorry about that. I got a voicemail. That's okay. Trying to write about etiquette, social etiquette. You know, talking about people not waiting to get out of an elevator. I I think, uh, you know, I'm talking about, you know, stupid people, but not like in a Bill Engvall way. Just people who didn't pay attention in high school, like those (laughs) idiots and
1: you had that, uh, speaking of society and, and people, you have, uh, I guess, I guess kind of would be a signature bit, the uh, gals won't uh, date guys that ride the bus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, there you I go. I, Man, I don't know how this, I even heard that joke mentioned, but yeah, that was a fun bit.
1: And there's, and there's certain jokes that you identify with certain comedians, or at least I do, uh, and that just happened to be the joke I identify with you you know, With uh, Christian Finnegan It's the trivial pursuit And none of these are jokes These guys, you know You guys do anymore But it's just like Saw you do it once And it's stuck in my head And that's just kind of like So whenever I describe Comedians to people Oh yeah, we had this one joke It goes like It's like this And then you can kind of You know Hopefully I can describe to people What what, uh, what you guys are about But yeah, that's the one That sticks with me with you Is the, uh, the bust bit Well, uh, I'm sure that's on The YouTube somewhere I'll link to that on the On the page for the podcast People can check it out But, yeah, I guess your stuff is still kind of like that, though, eh? Where it's, you know, uh, just the way people interact with each other in society.
0: Yeah, I just always thought, you know, being, you know, especially as a comic, you find out being funny is kind of easy. You know, making people laugh easy. Like, there's easy ways to do it. Yeah. But I just feel, for me at least, like, if you can make a point, kind of, or at least have some sort of point of view, Inside the funny, like I think it makes it that much stronger. I just think it makes it effective. Like you know, Carlin was really good at that. I th- you oh, know, yeah. they're definitely like they're, I always feel like the joke should supersede the point. Like it's got to be really funny. Sure, they can't just be. It can't be poignant. Like, like I love Carlin. I really respect him. But there's a, there's like an album or two that that he just is being really preachy, and and I think some people. And that's just the most notable guy. I mean, a lot of people do it, but it's like, like Bill Maher's real, I mean, he just makes these, like, he's just trying to make these points and Maher especially just ends up, to me, looking like a pompous douchebag, but (laughs) it's just like, man, we're not really here. It's not about that. You know, this isn't a rally. It's a comedy show. I mean, I know, and I'm not talking about a TV show, I'm talking about stand-up, but, uh, but you know like it's got to be funny and the it should major in funny with a minor in poignant there you go yeah
1: yeah totally that's a perfect way to describe it
0: yeah so and, and I and I just hate it when people get preachy in a comedy club it's just like man this that's not where we're at right now
1: yeah yeah yeah, I mean, uh, you,
0: you know, if, you, if you're really funny and have a point, like, Jenny was, Richard Jenny was beautiful at that stuff. Like, when he did, like, you know, the Republicans are a bunch of blah, blah, blah hypocrites, and then he did the Democrats are a bunch of left-wing blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, it was great, and it was hilarious, and it was poignant, and just beautifully crafted. And, and like, I just, that's... That's where it's at. And Carlin's last special was like that. Like, he nailed it. And I remember, oh, yeah. I was fortunate enough to get to open for him at Promosa Comedy Magic when he was working the set out. And I watched it live one night, and I was like, I walked out, like, you know, it was like seeing, like, your favorite band... Rock again, like they had been lame <laughs> for a couple. Of, yeah, and I wa- and I watched him do f- that that last special he did. I got to watch him do it live, and it was, I was I walked out of it going, "He's back, he's so funny," and he, you know, he, in my, you know, he was just like it wasn't pompous at all, and I just I loved every minute of it.
1: Well, thanks for taking the time uh, to be on the podcast and doing the interview and such. No problem, uh, buddy. Thanks for having me. No problem. We'll see you in Cincinnati uh, next week. And then, uh, of course, we'll post the other dates coming up on the uh, Podbean page uh, from which this uh, podcast originates. And, uh, well, thanks again, Chris, and good luck to you the rest of the way. All right. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. Bye. Thanks again to Chris Porter for being on the podcast. Chris is at Go Bananas in Cincinnati on February 9th through the 12th for dates and info on Chris. Head to ChrisPorterIsFunny.com We'll have a link to that on the Podbean site. And as always, if you're receiving this podcast from a source other than Podbean uh, such as iTunes, go to pfradio.podbean.com for all of the show notes and links. This week I'll have links to people who can actually sing, like the Kentucky Struts, Birdhouse, Mike Travers, Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck endings, and the Worth all of which you have heard on the podcast. All of which have been kind enough to donate songs to the show, so I have to do less work. I am at Mugby's Sports Cafe Tuesday, February seventh, for PF Trivia Live. Showtime is seven thirty. Uh, again, that is in Cincinnati, Ohio. PS, tape recorder logo by Dan Coble. Music by Johnny V, Doug O'Connor, and me. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at PF66, email the show, pfwilson84 at gmail.com. That's all I have. So long, and thanks for listening.